You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. Is there something you look for in band personalities uh, or something you encourage your bands to do early in their career when you first start working with them uh that keeps those lineups stable and 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 leads to longer careers uh i try to get people to as not fun as it is start to look at things as a business as early as possible and i know that's kind of the big bad b word in music but at the end of the day no matter how you look at it every band's a business Uh, and the more decisions you make based on whether it's good or not for the business of a band, I think in, long, in terms of longevity will help. And, and that's the less times you go to Europe and get your ass kicked and lose 40 grand, the less times you, you know, accept some bad deal, whatever it is, not everything has to be, you know, financially based. But I try to get people to start thinking financially because at some point, hopefully you end up like Tim and under oath that are doing this with kids and with, side businesses and wives and all those things aren't a tragedy if everything has been uh smart economic decisions from the get-go instead of just like well we got a tour 10 months a year because that's what it takes to be a band that's fine if you're 19 20 21 25 i I toured for 10 months a year for 10 years so i get it but as you get older and as kids come into play as wives come into play as bad backs come into play whatever it is the 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 touring has to be condensed you have to tour smarter not harder uh and whether it's like tim mentioned just making sure the tours you do do are impactful and scarce and and making sure everyone knows like they're coming around they only come around once a year i gotta go and you'll probably be surprised that 30 big shows will probably net you more money than 90 okay shows after all the costs they're incurred with the managers and booking agents and business managers and crew and transportation, everything gets their cut before the band does. You'd be probably be surprised that you can get by a lot with less is more. And uh, I think creating certain properties for bands has been helpful in that too. You know, whether for the band that I started with and still manage every time I die, we've started like a string of boat shows out on the East coast, a big festival in Buffalo, things that like, They'll literally play six shows and make more money than they, they do doing a whole warp tour. And that's like, at this point, it's like, what? Like, our whole year used to be based around warp tour. And now, if we get the warp tour, what, you know, not the warp tour, the equivalent thereof, it's just a bonus. But they can know that, especially since it's towards the end of the year, Christmas is paid for. Like, the end of the year is always going to be sorted because 
you know, 10 years ago, we started booking these smaller shows that grew bigger and bigger and bigger into more like festival events. And I think if more bands did that, started thinking along those lines, it doesn't have to be about live shows. It could be merch drops. It could be, you know, now God with the whole Twitch world and everything uh, online, like it's really limitless that the smart, the, the way you can be smarter and uh, make a lot of money without beating yourself into the ground physically and mentally, especially when you have a family. Awesome. Tim Bohr, we're talking about the road. Uh, the road seems like the perfect place to strain these personal relationships inside the band. Is there um, anything that your veteran acts uh, have done over the years that uh, you encourage the younger acts to try to adopt in order to uh, make those strains a little, a little less uh, uh, destructive? Uh, well, there's a million things really, but before I even say that, you know, I know Brian and Tim and Biggie all pretty well. And uh, because of this thing we're all going through right now, it's been a while since I've talked with each of them or heard them speak. And these are great guys. They're brilliant people. Listening to them talk and explain their position um, in, in, in the role we all play. It's, it's awesome to hear these guys talk. and. Um, we're all really lucky to be able to talk with them today and learn some stuff from these guys. Um, but, you know, back to the question, um, you know, yeah, look, I, I think the burnout factor, that's a big deal. Um, Biggie mentioned something about and making sure this isn't a tragedy at the end. Um, that's a big deal. Um, being weary of vocalists and blowing out their, vo their voices when, when, these bands go on the road for the first five times. Some cases, maybe give or take longer than that. You can't put enough shows on the books for them to be happy. Uh, but it's not to their, it's not, it's not, it, it doesn't build to their longevity. That's for sure. And past whether or not their vocals can physically take it, you know, just the craziness of the road. Um, you know, it's it's taxing. It put miles on the body. It put, puts miles on the brain. It puts, you know, miles on relationships. Um, you know, I, I've often said, you know, you, you put basically, when you talk about the crew uh, involvement as well, you're Oh. Poor we lost, crew. We lost the first month. Did I lose you? Damn. Yeah, we lost you for a second. Back. Uh, talking about the crew. Well, okay, so that'll be an edit later. No big deal. <laughs> Whether you, you talk when you start talking about putting, you know, eight, ten, twelve people on the road together, you're basically putting craziness in a canister, a, a, a small traveling canister. Whether it's a van or a bus, you know, and 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 everyone's got to try and figure out how to survive each other and everything that's going on in their own individual lives, and it's. You know, it's not, it's no joke. And whether, you know, you're a band member and a partner in that relationship or you're a manager or a label or, or an agent, you know, we've all got to be mindful of the craziness that ensues in that scenario and try and be smart with our opportunities so that we don't suffocate, you know, this thing that hopefully has got the potential for longevity. And there's a lot of factors you know, Tim's point, you said earlier, I think we were to some degree lucky. These guys are smart guys, but they're also lucky. 
and, and takes a little of both, I think. And, and there's plenty of bands out there that are busy trying to be lucky. That's not a good formula. I think you got to try and be smart and lucky at the same time. And then maybe you got a shot. So is it about uh, being aware of what's going to happen, what could potentially happen out there interpersonally, that sort of thing uh, while out on the road that, that is sort of, you know, as they say, the cliche is that's half the battle, knowing's half the battle? I think that, that, that that's asking a lot of 20-somethings that are out there, but certainly that's part of my responsibility. That's part of, you know, Brian and Tim's responsibility. And as the bands grow up, um, that, that becomes more and more of their responsibility. I think, you know, as Tim said, you, you, you kind of grow into respecting and understanding that you don't always understand that from the get go. Um, you know, but I think when we're building strategies around those special bands and look, I think when, when you're an agent, or your label or your manager or whoever in the, in the, you know, in, in the ecosystem that you're working with, you think all these bands are great, but you know, only a few of them in the end are going to actually have all the magic around them. And, and all the magic can be scalable on different levels. You know, every, every band, there's plenty of bands that can, that can last 30 years and not be the biggest bands, but still be really relevant and still be super important. You know, but, you know, if we don't build into, if we're not careful from the get-go with all the decision-making, and it's not just about getting them on a great show, it's about all the other little nuances that don't destroy the things as you, as you go, it's all, it's just all part of the, the stew. Mike, did that uh, answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, uh, Mike. When when we've talked before, we talked about how important it is to have a charismatic frontman, how important it is to have some sort of business savvy inside the band. Um, can you talk? And I, I should say, like both of those are are personified really, really well with Spencer and Ice Nine Kills. But can you talk about the importance of leadership in a band? Uh, does a band need that one person that within the band uh, uh, dynamic is the one who sort of, you know, steers the ship, as they say? Um, so it's such a good question. And, you know, to piggyback off of Boris comment, it is so nice to just hear everybody and their experience. And I mean, you know, Timothy with Under Oath, I, you did such a good job of describing all of it. It was really it really set a great foundation for this. And so, I mean, I want, my inclination is yes, because the band that, you know, I currently manage that's doing well, that's been around for 17, 18 years, there's only one remaining, you know, original member. So he's always had to be a leader. And, you know, we saw, and ha having had a lot of experience, you know, developing artists, you know, they typically fall off. There's, there's a few different phases where I've watched artists, you know, kind of get out of the game. And it's, you know, if they skipped college, right, which many of them do, or even if they complete college, like Tim was saying, he started, you know, he got in the band when he was 20. Usually their parents give him about a three, four, maybe five year window, right? You can sleep in the basement, you can sleep on the couch till you're 25. And then the pressure for most families is what the hell are you doing with your life if you're not making money? right so that's one thing that you know biggie talks about the business you have to be making money in order for almost any of this to work you know the second phase is usually 29 30 and that's when all of their friends are 
getting married, starting to have kids. And again, it comes down to if you've got the money to support a family and you can attract somebody that's willing to stick around, you know, because you, you guys can, can have something great, then you can get past that. But those are the two key points where, in my experience, I've lost a lot of members from bands and a lot of bands. Um, but leadership, absolutely. You know, there's got to be somebody with like this crazy focus and crazy drive to keep it going. Um, I love the analogy with the, with the car tires. I hadn't heard that one before, Brian, but that's fantastic. And, you know, I'm trying to imagine under oath with six tires, like cruising down the street, but you have to have a driver. You that's do. They're look, yeah. You got to have a driver. And that's where, you know, with, with young artists, you know, Biggie and I as managers often play that role, but we don't do it alone. You know, if we've got a great agent or a great record label or a great attorney, we absolutely lean on them to kind of back us up because in some senses we're almost like the cool parents and no matter what, no matter how cool your parents are, at some point you just, you know, you can't just take their word for it. You've got to go out and experience things on your own. But if you've got the cool uncle who's the record label and you got the cool cousin who's the booking agent and they're all telling you the same thing, right. As a way to keep this thing on track. Oftentimes I've found artists are more inclined to, to listen in that sense. Yeah, I definitely, Tim Bohr will attest to this. It's pretty rare, but every once in a while, I'll be like, hey, agent, I need you to tell the band this directly because I love being I love being the funnel, label, booking agent, lawyer, crew, and I'm in the middle, and then I go down to the band, you know? That's great, but every once in a while, it's just like they hear me on everything. They hear me about a merch design, about the payment, about whatever. It's like you're going to hear this directly from the agent or directly from Slagle because then it's like, I'm almost like the cool mom and I need the cool dad to come in and be like, yeah, this is what's up. And then I use that card so seldomly that if I really need to like drive a point home, it's just kind of hit, hitting a lot of traction. They'll just be like, well, I mean, Slagle said it's shit. You know, he's got, you know what I mean? Talk about, talk about being lucky also, as Boris said, it's like Slagle seems to get lucky a lot. So does Boris, you know what I mean? So if I need to pull the card, I pull the card, but absolutely that team mentality and, and you're kind of in their face so much about everything that every once in a while, like whether they need to experience that on their own or you get to call in, you know, dad and get bored, you know, who looks like a psychopath right now, usually much more handsome. Everyone watching Tim Bohr, usually much more handsome than this. Subscribe today to the daily music business podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.